0: You're listening to Midlife State of Mind podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife
1: State of Mind. I'm your host, Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining in today. We are continuing our episodes that focus on when things don't fit in your life anymore. Interesting topics that we've had, and um, today we're gonna talk
0: about this idea of how society gets offended easily, how kind of that stereotypical Karen, we've all probably seen those memes,
1: yeah, and if you've noticed people calling each other Karen on the internet, you may be wondering, who is Karen? Who is Karen, Belinda? <laughs> well, Karen is someone who really gets offended very easily or maybe blows things out of proportion and over just a simple misunderstanding. That's one thing idea out on social media and then the other is a karen who maybe is the urban dictionary actually says a typical karen behavior is between benignly uh, upsetting uh, to annoying eye rolling to actually calling people out on not following rules properly so police so kind of like
0: policing other people's behavior when it's not her quote-unquote place to do that
1: right and honestly I think they may even have some other names for males that have this behavior maybe Steve I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend named Steve and that's why I think that's extra funny because he'll go oh my goodness he's like
0: I'm not easily offended exactly
1: Um, he's really not but if we're going to talk about the female variation then let's also talk about the male variation because it's not specifically to one gender Right. But you know what? I'm going to say, I do think
0: that is typically, or if you want to say stereotypically more female. I would agree. Because like I think about, you know, Jeff and I think about my boys and they're, they're going to like avoid any type of calling someone out or anything like that. I think we're very
1: fortunate to have wonderful husband and boys that (laughs) take the high road every single time. But, I do agree with you that more more than not, it is usually a female that fits the stereotype. But I have to just say that it it, it can go, be yeah. it, absolutely.
0: I mean, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason often because it's something that has happened over and over. But there's always exceptions to every stereotype or every norm. There's always those outliers.
1: And we have to be careful because we could fit that stereotype. We're the we're a typical suburban mom, right? Right. (laughs) Soccer mom, driving a minivan,
0: like asking to speak to the manager because, you know, whatever. Our taco sauce wasn't right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not very quick to complain. You know, usually I, I don't, I think part of it is I don't want to be a bother to anyone, Mm -hmm. but also I think it's just as I've gotten older and learned to pick what's important and what's not important. Right. So I was looking at, you know, thinking about that idea of being offended easily, being triggered because it's become so much more of a buzzword recently triggered. This triggers me or, you know, a trigger warning. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to have like a trigger warning, especially for something that deals with like heavy topics. So I was looking at psychological articles about why do people get offended so easily? And one of the things that they said, and I thought this was interesting having, because I have kids that have some struggles with anxiety, but anxiety. So someone that struggles with anxiety can often have a need to control the world. And so when things don't go the way they want it to, they get offended or they get triggered.
1: I think that is a good point because when you control every single aspect of your family's lifestyle, your children, whatever's going on in their personal world, maybe there becomes this strong identity to controlling things when you're out in the world. yes and that can be really problematic because the world isn't bending to one person's wants or what do we call pre- Needs preferences, or preferences exactly. yeah and I've always I've always heard that preferences, can get you in trouble, right? When you try to be different, like at school, we tell our kids, you know, this is the way you have to do it because there's a large number of kids in your class. You know, having preferences sometimes, you get what you get and you don't pitch Pitch a a fit, fit, right? We're taught that, but, and, there's we've got to find the balance. Right, it is a balance
0: because I mean, is it a preference or is it a need? A preference is I like blue popsicles, but a need would be I don't I need to be somewhere Hydrating. where I'm not or, <laughs> or be where, somewhere where I'm not around peanuts because I have a severe peanut allergy. Mm-hmm. I think so, and you're I think you're right because I think it's that they get and I know I'm a controlling person. I would but be the first to admit that.
1: When, when do you think that that started and why? W- looking at your own life, of, of if you're acknowledging that you are a control freak, is that what you're acknowledging? Yeah, I am.
0: I think it was from having health crises early on as an adolescent. Ad, yeah, at 13 I had a really hypertensive crisis and ended up in a coma for a week and very woke serious. Up, like, very serious and I think then I just realized that the world is a scary place. Mm. So control, that illusion of control because you and I both know from our yoga training and our study and the path that we've been on, there is no such thing as control. It's a construct that we create to make ourselves feel safe in right. the world. So I think that's where mine came in. I mean, I used to fold mine and Jeff's underwear. That's how much of a control freak I used to be. Now
1: I just throw them all in the drawer. So you have basically made progress is what you're telling me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we, where are we going with this episode today is really about going down the path of finding self-awareness so that when we do find ourselves in these situations, maybe we can take a moment of pause. We can decide, is a reaction needed? Is it necessary? Then we get to have this moment of, do we disengage with someone that's exhibiting a Karen behavior or someone that's been offended when because we know in that moment if that let's say that the offense is being directed towards us, and that person might be blowing it a little bit out of proportion, what is our response going to be and we have a we have a split second to make a decision there.
0: I mean, I find myself reacting often. I try to we undo all do. that. Right? It's it's a process of learning to undo it. And one of the things is another reason that I think people get highly offended or easily offended. I should say is they're very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And being sensitive is not a bad thing. But sometimes being sensitive can lead us to taking everything personally. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? And making it about us when it's not about us. Mm-hmm. And any time that makes about you when it's not about you, that
1: is going to lead you to get offended. Right. So I think what you're describing is someone who's overly sensitive and someone who might be overly Mm self-conscious. So we've talked a lot about in previous episodes, most every topic that we've touched on, how important it is to be Mm self-aware. So an opposite extreme of that might be to be extremely self-conscious because that's not where we want to stay. That's not the balance between being aware and interacting with connection instead of interacting with triggers. We talked about triggers. The other extreme is we could find a person or or we might be a person who is overly confident. And then again, that isn't what we're looking for. That isn't the balance either. So we want to practice self-awareness. We don't want to be so overly confident that we are obnoxious or we put people off because of our what's the word I'm looking for when you're overly confident and it's arrogant yeah
0: and arrogance. it's I mean often I think of it as arrogance and I think that is where you have to find that middle ground because it's good to be confident but not overly confident that leads you to arrogance right to where you where you look down on others or you have a condescending attitude towards people
1: While self awareness plays a critical role in understanding ourselves and how we interact with our world, when we are excessively self conscious or excessively getting our feelings hurt over things, that becomes a big challenge and what, uh, what it tr- snowballs into is high anxiety and maybe behaviors of trying to control everything like you had mentioned a moment ago.
0: And that is so true because, you know, people say, don't worry about what others thinking because they're probably focused on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. So it's like that balance between self-consciousness and self-confident, somewhere in between there, self-awareness is where we bridge the gap between both, being a little bit self-confident, a little bit of self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. Goes a Because we want way. to be cognizant of how we are impacting our world, but not to the extreme. I think one of the things that has played into this heightened awareness or heightened Ability to be triggered or offended is social media. So, like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever platform you're on.
1: So that brings to, brings up a good point of the different types of self awareness because you have public self awareness and private self awareness. And you're you're discussing when people are that really public. consumed with how they appear to others. And public self-awareness emerges in situations where people either want to be the center of attention and they're doing things on TikTok or whatever to be the center of attention, or it's the opposite. They have this fear of missing out. They're, they're the one that's being the, the observer of whatever they're viewing and then they they feel that they're missing out. And, and they get offended or kind of like they're feeling Judgmental hurt. maybe. Yeah. They might even become a little bit judgmental about why does Susie get to go on all these trips and I don't ever get to go anywhere. And that can become just something that festers and produces anxiety and then... There's not a healthy balance um, between just processing and your own experience and validating your own self-worth if you're looking and comparing yourself to other people all the time so this type of self-awareness that compels people to adhere to social norms when people are aware that they're being watched and evaluated they often try to behave in ways that they think are socially acceptable or desirable and sometimes you can be really misled especially if you're a teenager and that's why we're always so concerned about how much is this impacting our children for sure and you know the Kardashians and that you know is that the standard we're setting for you know that's not the standard I want to set for my girls and I have a lot of concerns about that. So public self-awareness can lead to anxiety. It can lead to um, misconstrued expectations of what a life should look like depending on who you're focusing your energy on, what you're using as your role models. So it is something that we really need to check in with our children, check in with ourselves. Are we being desensitized to things that are out on the internet because we see it so often that it it maybe we become less triggered when we should be triggered. Yeah. So
0: it's like, are you who's deciding
1: what's normal
0: and what's not?
1: And what is your baseline? What where you know, and that comes into what your beliefs are Mm -hmm. and what, you know, there's so many things that come into play. But we want to find the balance of the different recognizing when we're triggered, recognizing when something's not right, when we have to speak up, when when we want to be clear with our values, what our needs are, what our boundaries are. You had talked earlier about needs versus preferences. preferences. Yeah. So, you know, we want to feel we want to feel comfortable expressing when we see something that's not right. We want to make good calls about our interactions with people. Let me ask you this, Belinda. What is something that you find that triggers you? I think rules are put in place for a reason. I know I run a business and I have rules, but there are times when I have to think about it from a bigger perspective and say, hey, you know, what is the point of this rule? And is it In this moment, does it fit this situation? And so sometimes I think people can get so bogged down about having that complete control over someone or something that they can't see the forest for the trees. I feel like every situation people should be treated with dignity. And respect mm-hmm. and that you should be able to voice your side of whatever the situation is at hand and they should be able to voice their side of what the situation is so that both of you can come to an agreement on how to resolve it or how to move forward. What I find upsetting is when you have a Karen who is really just adding fuel to the fire, they're not solution oriented, and that becomes problematic.
0: So when you are trying to to solve a problem and somebody is not willing to bend or or make an exception.
1: And not even an exception. How about a solution that might require compromise on both parts, Mm -hmm. but do it in a way that is productive and really respectful for everyone involved?
0: Well, I wanted to share a personal story really quick about last time I got offended, which was just a week ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We may get offended before the end of this podcast if we have to uh, take a phone call or a text or something. You never know. like Things are coming at you always, right?
0: right? I go to the gym every day, and I usually go in this little exercise room after it's empty, and there's no one in there. And I have my headphones in, and I do my yoga practice, and I sing, but not loudly, under my breath, and oftentimes people come in there. There's hanging bags to, for boxing, and they'll blast their boom boxes, the boxers, because it's hard to box with headphones. We heard and...
1: you sing on the last episode, and it was pretty loud, mind you. <laughs> well, that one was loud. I did that on purpose.
0: <laughs> I sing kind of under my breath, <laughs> kind of how you hum,
1: right? Okay,
0: about the same volume. Belinda's a hummer, so I was singing, and a girl comes in, and she like looks around. She's doing some stuff, looking for something. She leaves. Then she comes back, and we're kind of far away from each other, but I can see her keep looking back at me, keep looking back at me, keep looking back at me, and she's giving me a very dirty look. And so she finally takes her headphones out, so I take my headphones out, and she says, I don't know if you realize, but I can hear you through my headphones. So I say, okay. So I go back to what I'm doing, and I'm singing again, very under my breath, and she keeps giving me dirty looks. And I have to tell you, I was not practicing (laughs) non-reactivity. This was not one of my finer moments, so I'm going to share it because I'm just being vulnerable. After about the fifth time of her looking over at me, giving me a dirty look, I finally take my headphones out and I motion to her like to take her head. She has big headphones on. I have Mm -hmm. earbuds in. And I said, you do realize that I was in here before you and if you don't want to hear my singing, either turn the volume up on your music or go out into the workout, the big gym where they're blasting workout music. Over the sound system. Right. Yeah. And she goes, there's no room out there. I said, there's plenty of room out there. And, And she goes, and you do realize this isn't your own home. And I said, I do realize that. And I said, but you know what? When people come in here every day, almost people come in here with their little boom boxes or speakers. I call it a boom box because I'm a child of the eighties. And I said, and they blast their music while they're boxing or working out. And I said, do you know what I do? I said, I turn the volume up on my headphones and i mind my own business. She goes, well, I don't think you're very considerate. And I said, you're right. And I don't care.
1: So, totally not a finer moment. So what I think though is you had the belief that you were there first, and that space was open to anyone who arrives, and you're cur- You should be courteous to whomever arrived there first. I mean, is that kind of what you were thinking? Well, I think, and or was it just her energy? She just it was
0: very much the way she handled it. She was very rude about it, but also I think it it could go either way because. I was triggered by her being triggered by my singing. Okay. (laughs) So part of me is like, I was here first. I was singing. I was doing my own thing. No one else was in here. And so if you're going to come into the space where I'm already at, you're going to, I've already set the precedence for what is going on. Right. Which is my very light singing. And so she was offended by it. So she was very easily offended where she had on headphones. I feel like she could have either been like okay she was already in here she's doing her thing so i'm either going to bend if you will and l- not say anything because i came into the space that she was already in does right. that make sense right yes because oftentimes i'm in there and i'm already doing my own thing and people come in and bring their boom boxes again i don't say anything even if it does offend me
1: that their music is loud i feel like we can all coexist well you're tapping into emotional intelligence right it's how she perceived the situation and her level of self-awareness and how you perceive the situation were two different you were on two different planes absolutely yes. and
0: and, and you, I'm not saying I was right. Yeah,
1: who's to say who's more right, who's who's not? But someone with a really high emotional intelligence probably wouldn't have walked into the room and given you dirty looks and acted like you were in the wrong when you were the first person in the room. I don't know. We we can have our listeners weigh in on this and see what they think. <laughs> you know. But again, it isn't about who is right and who is wrong. It's about getting along and finding a solution we all live in the world together and we don't want to walk around always being offended if we're always walking around being offended that is a very miserable
0: life her whole demeanor her whole energy was very negative I mean her scowling at me like five times finally I couldn't help myself to say something because she
1: triggered your scowling meter like three exactly. times would have been okay but I'm like four but when you five? get
0: four and five times in a scowling at me I'm like I have to address it I can't just like not say anything which I'm not saying I was right and I want to talk about how can we work on be becoming less offended all right well no
1: one's perfect Well, obviously, because I totally screwed up. (laughs) And guess what? Emotional intelligence is a skill, and we have to work at it. Yes. So by learning to express our emotions in a healthy way and practicing active listening in our interactions, whether it's with our family members, whether it's with the stranger at the gym, we will continually contribute to our expansion of our own self-awareness. If we can sit with these moments like you're doing right now, this is talk therapy. This is one way we can expand our emotional intelligence. You're sharing it with me and I'm giving you, well, maybe it was this or maybe it was that. And you're also being very honest. You're like, hey, I'm not perfect and I, I'm not. I could s- have handled it better.
0: I absolutely. And I know that I meet people's the energy that they give me, sometimes I meet it, which isn't always good when it's bad energy. Right. So I agree. One, I think also that, and this is where maybe I failed at, is understand why somebody is being offensive. Well, offended. she... Offended. Right. Why is she... Why was she offended? And I didn't put myself in her shoes. I don't know what kind of day she had. But I maybe should have taken a little bit more of her feelings into account. And I mean, granted, I don't really think I was totally in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, I should have handled it a little bit more more delicately but maybe if I would have taken a moment and just stopped and diffused my own reaction and I think that's where meditation helps because the more that I meditate I try to meditate every day and when I talk about meditating I'm talking about I'm doing six minutes I'm not meditating for you know, an hour an hour sitting there I just try to, you know, have some quiet time to spend in seated meditation every day.
1: Well, and that's the, the practicing of self awareness, and it is central to who we are. And when we can find those moments, even if it's just sitting in a red light and really taking some deep breaths, if it's picking up the phone to call someone and after you get off the phone, you're digesting, maybe that didn't go as well as you had hoped that it would. So it's not something that we're acutely focused on every moment of our day, right? Right? We have things that we have to do and get through our day. And sometimes we're caught completely off guard. Well, that caught me completely off guard. Yes. And that is sometimes the hardest one to pivot and, and, and. react to in a way that you're operating from that place of emotional intelligence when you're just completely blindsided well especially when somebody's really aggressive with
0: you my natural inclination is to get Aggressive back, like I meet, like I said, somebody's energy. Mm -hmm. And if she had maybe said, Hey,
1: I can hear you singing, it was just very abrupt and rude how she approached me, even to begin with. Well, what I think happens is each and every time we all have situations like this, we can all name them. Some, you know, we're like, That crazy girl that checked Mm -hmm. me out, my gosh, what was going on? Like we, you know, every day it's like, That's why you have a best friend. You're like, You're not going to believe what happened. But the truth of the matter is, if we will have these moments where we sit and we share, we really reflect we do our meditation we journal we do all the things that are in our toolbox to keep us grounded and really find that balance between self-awareness and not being too you know heavy one way uh too opposite end of the spectrum but what happens is if we practice these little these little things every single day then when we do get blindsided when we do have those moments hopefully we've woven into the fabric of who we are and and we can make a choice we can can pause for a moment we can make a choice is this really worth my energy right is this really something that I'm gonna engage in right now Or am I going to walk away? Am I just going to look at them like they're crazy, you know, and just say, have a good day? Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's what I think is,
0: is my biggest suggestion for people is you say pause. I say breathe. Take that time to maybe take three really full inhales and exhales, very aware breath, like I'm breathing, this is me breathing, that it'll diffuse it. It just downplays your central nervous system. It downgrades it. It helps you not get into that fight or flight Which is obviously what she got me in. You know, even yoga teachers, we still struggle with we're all human not reacting. We are Um, all human, and it's true. Well, we hope that you guys all got something out of today's episode about not being easily offended, finding a way that you can, next time that someone triggers you or you feel like they're doing something that is offensive, that you take that moment to just pause and breathe and and let yourself look at what's going on inside of you before you actually react.
1: Yep. It's true. We all carry an immense amount of conditioning Mm -hmm. and the things that we've been taught over and over, the things that pass. Patterns that we've created, some of those things benefit us really well, and some of those aren't serving us very well. So today we're talking about letting go of that, right? Right. And we,
0: rewiring our brains, rewiring our, the way that we react kind of creating new pathways in our brains so that we don't just constantly go back to that old patterns of quick to react or quick to get offended.
1: Not not a healthy place that we want to stay in and we're all guilty of having those moments. We're all guilty of having a bad day and maybe we could have handled something a little bit differently and hopefully we're just we're able to say I'm sorry to yeah. hey I messed up. And uh, what can we do to repair this? And grace and uh, forgiveness go a really long way. Um, Absolutely, in these kind of situations. And then sometimes at the end of reflecting, we still stand by every single thing we did. Exactly. <laughs> it can go both ways. I, I haven't decided
0: yet on my situation. <laughs> well, we want you guys to find us on the socials: Facebook, Instagram. We are at Midlife State of Mind Podcast. Also, rate and review our podcast. We would love for you to do that would be super helpful. It helps push us up the algorithms in the podcasting world. Keep navigating midlife. You guys are nailing it. We'll see you next time. Bye now.
1: This has been an Squared production.